Impact measurement has been a core topic of debate for as long as I've been investigating the world of impact investing. But the one thing everybody can agree on is that impact measurement is difficult. And my guest today is working hard to shorten the distance between investors and the beneficiaries they're working to help. Sasha Dichter is co-founder of 60 Decibels, a company that was spun out of Acumen a year ago and which is laser-focused on getting better data to inform impact outcomes. He explains they wanted to flip the approach from simply requesting data from companies and instead to making a data offer to those very same companies. 60 Decibels uses mobile phones to speak directly to customers to find out what matters most to them. But I'll let Sasha explain all that. This was another of my SoCap chats and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Please do let me know your thoughts in the comments. And of course, don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you don't miss any of the other guests. Anyway, let's dive in to my conversation with Sasha Dicta. Here we go. All right, I'm here today at SoCap once again with Sasha Dicta. Uh, I'm sure I garbled his name there, but we'll move on. The sun's shining and we've had a lot of interviews today, but good to get some time with Sasha. His organization, 60 Decibels, is doing some really interesting things. So we'll jump straight into it. Sasha, can you tell us what you're all about over there? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So 60 Decibels is a new company that we formed this year. Uh, I'm the co-founder of the company together with my partner, Tom Adams. And we spun out of Acumen, which is a not-for-profit that is an early stage patient capital impact investor. And we are a mobile-based impact data collection firm that works all over the world. Uh, We were built within Acumen to sort of solve Acumen's own uh, challenges and need with respect to impact measurement. And over time, we got enough support and enough interest in what we were doing that we collectively with Acumen made the decision to spin out into a new company. So we're six months into that, um, and it's been going great. Data collection and impact measurement, very topical. So how do you do it? What's your special source? You know, I've been in the sector for 12 years, and uh, we're here at SOCAP, of course. Uh, Every single SOCAP, there will be a bunch of panels on impact measurement. But by and large, we tend as a sector to talk about frameworks that help us organize things, rather than actually about getting new data that will help us learn things. Just going back a little bit, Acumen traditionally invests in really early stage companies. Our philosophy was that we wouldn't ask a social entrepreneur for any data that she or he couldn't easily produce with their business. So we would ask them for a lot of data every month. And when we looked at it 10 years in, although we were doing everything we could to take this really seriously, we discovered that the data they could actually provide was quite thin. And most of the time, what they could give us was the number of people they were reaching and maybe the number of jobs they were creating. And so the question we asked ourselves was, could we flip that equation and move from making a data ask of these companies to make a data offer? And we experiment with a lot of things, uh, probably would take a longer conversation to go into all the things we got wrong. Uh, but we landed up on mobile phones as a way to uh, kind of shorten the distance between us and the customers that companies are trying to reach. And we tried SMS, we tried lots of things, but mostly now we do voice-based surveys and talk directly to end customers. And really, you know, we call the company 60 decibels, that's the volume of a human conversation. What we're trying to do is make it really easy to listen to the people who matter most by lifting up their voices, letting them talk to us in their own language, describe their own lived experience, and then turn that into really rich, robust, quantitative and qualitative data that first and foremost is useful to the company. I think that's the most important thing. If you think about our sector as a whole and conversations about impact measurement, 
we tend to have those conversations exist at the level of the fund and the level of the person funding the fund or the institution funding the fund. Those conversations are not relevant to an entrepreneur and they're certainly not relevant to a customer. And so what we're trying to do is make impact measurement add value to customers and add value to the companies that are trying to serve those customers with the belief that if we don't get that piece right, this is always going to be an overhang for someone who's trying to do good work. And we need to make it be a value add or it will never be integral to how we build the sector. And then at a project basis, how do the surveys operate? What's sort of your sample size generally? Yeah, so it's, um, you know, we are, again, trying to gather enough data to help someone make a decision, not to publish an academic paper. And so it's pretty light. It's usually 200, 300, maybe 400 surveys, which will give us you know, an 85 to 90% confidence interval. Obviously, we'll do more if there are more segments or other ways that people want to cut the data. But again, doing it over mobile phones, question sets that we're developing, uh, and relatively small sample sizes that allow us to go from the first phone call we make until presenting the end results in about six weeks' time. And so instead of feeling like an academic exercise that's a multi-year study, it feels like market research that is delivering data and content directly to an operating company so they can then immediately act upon it. Mm. All right. And so you, that's a lot, of, a lot of data coming back. You've got yeah. a lot of inputs to deal with. Yeah. How do you separate the signal from the noise in, in all of that info you get back? I mean, that's kind of uh, hopefully what we do best. Um, I mean, you know, some of this is helped by the fact that uh, by design, we are trying to always move towards a more standardized approach, right? The end result that we're trying to get to is comparable impact performance. Uh, and the only way we can do that is if we have comparable data. And the only way we can have comparable data is if we ask the same questions. So in each of the sectors in which we're operating, those are typically going to be off-grid energy, financial inclusion, agriculture, education, workforce development, et cetera. And so we do a lot of gender work as well. In each of those sectors, we've gotten to a standard survey that we have developed in standard set of metrics. And when we can deploy that for someone, what we can offer them is not only you know, quick, valuable customer data, but we can tell them how their performance on various impact metrics compares to their peers. And that's really where we've been trying to get to as a sector as a whole. Um, being able to say, you're outperforming on five of eight or five of 10 core impact metrics relative to your peers. And for the places where you're underperforming, here's what we've learned from your customers about what those gaps are. So our job is really to write these qualitative and quantitative surveys. And then mostly the qualitative, find a way to turn that again back into that quantitative data so we can analyze it and keep it understandable, but always keep the richness uh, kind of embedded underneath. And, and it's really that combination, right? People want to see the headline data and how they're performing. But then what really helps them understand what to do about it is the qualitative content underneath it. You know, it's such a unique source of information. Do you find that you sometimes challenge assumptions that you might have results that people are, oh, hang on, you know, that's not really what we were targeting, positive <laughs> right. or negative? Uh, yes. You know, one of the things one of our early partners encouraged us to do was before we would give the final results to the company to do a poll of the company and ask them what they expected the results to be. Because it turns out if you don't ask them, then everybody tells you it's exactly what they expected. Um, so that's kind of a fun thing we do. And again, we do it a little bit tongue in cheek, but to keep it fun and say, and help people document and understand where their biases were and what their expectations were. So absolutely. I mean, I would say it's probably not a good situation if everything is a complete surprise. Companies tend to know their own business and hopefully a good investor will know their company. So there's going to be a good amount of reinforcement of some things that were already known. But usually the order of priorities will change. Some things will be really well known and there'll be one or two really big surprises. You know, those are the things that really help people organize themselves to take action is either when there's something that they sort of thought they needed to do. I mean, we were just on a panel earlier today and Carl, the CEO of Good Nature Agro, which is an agricultural company, 
he mentioned that one of the issues that came up in the survey that we did for them was around payments for the end customers. He knew that payments was an issue. He didn't know the magnitude of the issue and he didn't know the frequency of the issue. So when something like that comes up, it allows him to take something that might have been on the priority list but not at the top and move quickly. And that's value add for him because it's meeting a core customer need, it's value added for the customer, and those are the really quick wins. There are gonna be other things that are bigger and harder to take on, so it's not like change happens immediately, but again, the before of this story is a situation where you have no data and you're kind of flying blind, and that's, you know, that's not a good place to be. Yeah, and, and look, you cover off on these two big topics, impact measurement and uh, a focus on beneficiaries mm -hmm. from an investment perspective. Um, a lot of talk about it here, uh, and, but then I think that's the problem, right? Lots of talk yep. about engaging with the beneficiaries. You guys have got this uh, tool that goes direct to that. That's right. Um, is that answering that, that need? I mean, we think it is. And again, um, you, know, you know, we named the company what we did to remind ourselves, to remind our customers that this is really about raising up customer voice. Everything we do is about gathering customer data from beneficiaries. There are folks that obviously do some version of what we're doing and obviously talking to customers within kind of mainstream companies is nothing new. But it is in a way fascinating for us that it feels so new in our space. And I guess our view on this is if you're in the business of making social change for people, um, you have no choice but to talk to them. What we're trying to do is make that as easy as possible and bring kind of the feel and the speed of customer insights and customer research to impact measurement. It's not to say that the only way to measure impact is to talk to customers, but I guess our challenge would be that if you are exclusively not talking to customers, there's something that you're not seeing, there's something that you're not learning. And again, if you're not talking to customers, my expectation is you're not helping the underlying companies serve them better. And the origins of this really innovative concept come from Acumen, a not-for-profit, not, not renowned right. for its innovation. So right. can you tell us a bit more about Acumen and how you think that kind of gestated such an interesting idea? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Acumen was founded in 2001, and from day one, Acumen has been a field builder, and Acumen has been deeply committed from a mission perspective to serving low-income customers. So Acumen helped create a lot of the original infrastructure in impact measurement, uh, in impact investing. So they helped create the IRIS metrics, which still live on today. They helped create, you know, was involved in creation of some network organizations like Andy and the Gin. So this has always been in the DNA of Acumen. Acumen actually built in the, its first decade uh, software with Salesforce and with Google and the like to help themselves and help other organizations measure impact. But it was again more a software tool for organizing data, not gathering new data. So this was kind of always part of what we did. And I, you know, sort of like all good new ideas come from having a problem that you can't solve. And so, you know, we were in decade two of this work and Acumen's mission is to change the way the world tackles poverty. So needless to say, question number one is, are we serving low-income customers? And when we started looking into kind of the next level of our social impact measurement, which was in 2012, 2013, we actually did not have objective quantitative data about whether or not Acumen was in fact serving the customers it aimed to serve. We had lots of anecdotal data, but nothing hard and quantitative. So the first round of work we did for 30 of Acumen's portfolio companies was to gather data on the poverty profile of the companies it was invested in. And the moment we saw that data, it was just this light bulb moment of just like, this is literally the mission of the organization. We are talking every day about how far markets can go to serve low-income customers. And we didn't have the data to answer the question. So I think it was built in the DNA, built to then solve a problem for Acumen. And then, you know, frankly, what we found and we continue to find is when I describe what it felt like in 2012 at Acumen in terms of our intention to have good data versus the data we have, that's kind of where everybody else is today. And they say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly the problem we have as well. And it's been too hard to get that beneficiary voice, so we haven't done it. And so what we're trying to say is 
we've built the expertise, the methodology, but also the infrastructure to make it easy. We're benefited by the penetration of cell phones and then offering that up to folks and saying, would you like to get to the next level? And the response has been really positive. Now, this is my first SOCAP. And, uh, you know, <laughs> how's it going? It's going great. <laughs> yeah. Having great chats like this. Yeah. The problem is I don't have enough time. Every minute here is, uh, has a high opportunity cost because there's just so much going on. Yes. Lots of great conversations. But I wonder, have you come across any really positive sort of, um, I guess, creative criticism that's made you think about your business and what you're doing? Uh, you know, I may be surrounding myself with too many uh, old friends. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think, the, I think that uh, we should be clear. We're solving a very specific need. Uh, and we're trying to kind of solve that really, really well. Um, we are not going to answer every single social impact measurement question that anybody has. And the most obvious distinction would be, you know, if you think of an ESG portfolio, we are not necessarily optimized for the E, we're optimized for the S. And so to the extent to which you have a broad mandate from an impact perspective, we're going to be best anchored around the places where, again, you're trying to have direct customer feedback. We have no lack of self-criticism in terms of ways we can get better. So we are always asking ourselves the question of things like, what's the balance between kind of the standardization and the benchmarks and the metrics we're trying to build and really the rich and deep insight and are there ever any trade-offs there? We always are asking our questions about how representative the data is. Um, you know, cell phone penetration is not equal for poorer and richer populations for men and women. Um, so there are always going to be limitations and bias to what we're doing. So, you know, we are very clear that we're at the beginning. We look at 12 months back of what we were doing and what we can do today, and we see that improvement curve. But what that means is we still have a long way to go. So, you know, we don't think we are anywhere near perfecting this, but we feel like just by bringing a new orientation to where to anchor this conversation and social impact measurement, we are able to see a lot of things that we didn't see before. So we're just trying to stay anchored there as best as possible and then really listen to our customers uh, and obviously to the beneficiaries who we're talking to. I guess the last thing I'd say, our aspiration, which we, we would like to do more of and we'd like our customers to do more of as well, is really be more deliberate about closing that loop back with customers. And so we do this when we can, but systematically to go back to the folks that they have talked to, we have talked to on their behalf and let them know what we heard and what's getting done about it, I do think is that next level. And again, something where uh, we do that not all the time and, and we should probably do more of. Good stuff. And a final takeaway, what's, what's the key highlight you've, uh, you've picked up at SOCAP, a conversation or, or a session you've gone to? Was there any light bulb moment that you had of a, of a concept or an idea? Um, you know, what I've been really impressed by is, uh, you know, slowly, 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 I mean, I've been in this field for... 12 years, and there's always a little bit of a balance between the aspiration for how quickly things will change and then the recognition that, you know, change can be slightly slower, more deliberate than you'd hope, but also then over, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, it's quite dramatic. You know, the two themes that I see, one is, I think the more obvious one, more and more mainstream capital is obviously coming into social impact, and it's become clear that there's more expectation that kind of wherever you sit on the capital spectrum or even wherever you sit in terms of the company that you work with, new questions are being raised. And I've heard more than one person say, you know, if you're not getting these questions today, you will get them tomorrow. So it's time to get ahead of the curve on social impact in general and on social impact measurement in particular. So that is, I think, the big macro trend. But I'm also seeing kind of green shoots of more innovation from a product development perspective. And so, for example, some folks that we know quite well, we've been working with global partnerships, have just closed, yesterday they announced, closed an impact first fund, which is a $55 million fund, which is very explicitly oriented towards impact and has a lower cost of capital for them and a lower cost of capital for their underlying investees, if they can demonstrate the impact. And I think in many ways, you know, we need to recognize that as good as everybody's intentions are, 
the obligations of the people deploying capital are to their limited partners. And I don't think we've seen as much fund innovation in our space as we need. So as good as people's intentions are, if you have a traditional fund structure, it's very hard to really gear up on the impact you're creating. And so seeing some of those more newer fund structures get realized, I think is really encouraging because ultimately we're a sector with a really new idea about how to create change, but the amount of innovation we've made and how you actually structure products has been pretty limited and they haven't gotten as much traction as I think they could. So gooding to see those examples is really, really encouraging because I think it will allow people to really push the envelope in terms of creating change and also people to question what vehicles are optimal for which strategies. Seeing that really come to fruition is really exciting. That's it, yeah, it's great to have everyone together and sharing those ideas and it's a really sort of live event. You know, you really feel that ideas floating through the air and, and things are changing. So yeah. it's been great. Yeah, well, it's a real pleasure. It's been great yeah. to chat with you. Take care.